When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back with another episode of the lakers fast break podcast and welcome students to a returning class here at lakers fast break university we truly appreciate everyone out there catching all of our great sessions here at lakers fast break university and if you can please go ahead give us that five star review wherever you get your podcast or your lakers fast break curriculum and if you could like share subscribe follow or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break lakerholics.com lakersball.com simblades simblades with a y.com our good friends at the hoop heads podcast network of course the pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football and everything that we do for you here at the lakers fast break and if you can support all of that while you're here at class Studying real hard to become Lakers scholars, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, we have returned to the hallowed halls of Lakers Fast Break University. This is Dean Gerald Glassford. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us here in class. And today we remember the life and legacy of an individual who passed away this past weekend 10 years ago. On 2013, it was a very sad day for us here. Ten years ago, every Laker fan was truly saddened to hear the death of Dr. Jerry Buss because he meant so much to us as Lakers fans. The Lakers that have just become so much a part of our lives, so ingrained in what we do, so just truly appreciative of everything that, that he accomplished in his life, especially when it concerns the Lakers. And it's so thankful for what he did as far as the sacrifices and the things that he did to go ahead and make sure we he put out there as many years as he could a championship-level team. And here today to discuss the legacy of Dr. Jerry Buss, plus after his passing 10 years ago this past weekend, what has taken place since as far as the legacy and the ownership of the Buss family since then? Good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out when he's here with us at Lakers Fast Break. Plus, his upcoming Magic Man in the Morning show will be coming very soon to you right here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is the Magic Man, Professor Sean Grice. And Professor, great to have you here, my friend. Daniel, happy birthday to you. Very good that as a student, you're here with us here at the Lakers Fast Break University. We truly appreciate it on your birthday, no less. So, Yes, we do know that a former Laker, Mr. Westbrook, has signed with the Los Angeles Clippers down the hall. And, you know, God bless them. And hopefully they will have more patience than we do in dealing with that. (laughs) Plus, Patrick Beverly also has signed with the Chicago Bulls. God bless you. Let's hope you have more patience than we do in dealing with Patrick Beverly. But I will tell you this. It is truly great to have you here, Professor I know Professor Soro is on his way. I'm hoping that he will be able to attend today's lecture because I know there's much to discuss, my friend, when it concerns the legacy of Dr. Jerry Buss. Uh, absolutely, Gerald. And uh, usually it's it's among us administration, but Joe Joe has tenure at the university, so he's allowed to be tardy. Um, 
<laughs> Although Gerald does not like tardiness. He does not talk. Not for Lakers Fast Break University. You must no. be here and must be present. Don't want to give anybody <laughs> any check marks or demerits or as they did in, you know, the younger days, upside down <laughs> happy faces. So <laughs> Well, Gerald, you know, it was uh, it was definitely somber on Saturday uh, for a few minutes, at least. I took some time and really thought about the, the legacy of Dr. Buss. And just, you know, obviously just it, it was an immense loss for uh, the Buss family. So uh, all we can do at, at that point is, is, is uh, you know, empathize, you know, as we both lost loved ones close to us and especially a father and um and but you know it, it felt like uh, it felt like uh you know part of the lakers died that day too when he passed um you know the the legacy of being the greatest team owner in sports history i mean he innovated from top to bottom he gave people autonomy from top to bottom he let people who had their strengths flourish and he saw weaknesses that he either was able to, as a businessman, A, look past or B, uh, try and find a solution to, to those issues. Um, he was always, he was always focused on a solution, never focused on a problem. That's, that's what I always loved about him. He's just, even though he was, um, uh, even though he was a trained chemist and uh, a man of science, he was also a man of chance and strategy as well. Um, you know, aside from being a great uh, uh, real estate. Um, well, that's how he made it. it not only the fact that, like you said, his chemistry background, but the reason why he was able to get a, a close to the amount, obviously he, that little last bit they've, They've dramatized as far as in winning time, but it is similar to what is the truth is that he did need a little bit of help, that little extra push. Uh, and he did look in a place that, that you know, I, I think people will question now, but he did look to an individual to help him out with that last little bit so he could end up buying outright the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely, Gerald. There today there would be some 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 questions that people would have about the some of the choices and options Dr. Buss chose to uh to make but uh he made them and you know um and and let's be honest too Gerald aside from being you know um a successful real estate connoisseur and being a businessman very uh, sharp gambler. As and a very, yes, yes, he took the words right out of my That's mouth, really Dean. Bad. But yes, a renowned gambler as well. And um, a, a, a taboo, just an overall, a realist. I mean, let's face it, Gerald. He, I remember one of uh, the, the best quotes that uh, somebody had about Dr. Buss was um, Jerry West, who said that when, when Dr. Buss would, would, be, uh, have a trade proposed to him he would often look at both hats as his, both teams are what is each team and that's kind of what a businessman has to do uh, I don't have any experience with that but obviously you do Gerald and and Joe too as well but um, th there's a balance there and he was like whether it was just the Lakers and the the thin slices that the NBA was holding on to and or whether he was gambling, he was just it was always the next hand, right? He he if he lost one hand, he would just make it up the next. He, he was yeah. just he was just that kind of strategic mind. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Welcome to Lakers Fast Break University. We are remembering and honoring the life of Dr. Jerry Buss who passed away 10 years ago this past weekend. Hopefully we were able to go ahead and provide some thoughts. But if you have some thoughts, please go ahead and mention in the chat about what Dr. Jerry Buss and his life and legacy means to you as Lakers fans. Or if you're listening to this or watching this on the replay, please go ahead and let us know. Lakers Fast Break on social media, on YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. My friend, though, when I we talk about 
Dr. Jerry Buss. The background, it laid itself out. And yes, again, it was somewhat dramatized and somewhat glorified within the realms of the winning time scenario. But uh, I guess the, the lady man, because he just decided to choose a single life for the last uh, decades of his life after uh, divorcing his wife and and the kids that they had together, but he decided to go ahead and become the playboy that uh, so many have dramatized and so many have talked about over the years that he was. It's something that probably today would not be as, uh, I guess, uh, glorified, would be a little bit frowned on in today's society as compared to what he did previously. But you know what? He had one hell of a good time. He enjoyed the Lakers, enjoyed the concepts that he brought. Tell us about it's not just the fact that he he bought into a team. He bought the team, he took it over, and made the decisions that helped propel this team to greatness with the Showtime era and beyond. It's about what else did he bring to the NBA and to sport that I think people need to know about as well. Some of it is showcased in Winning Time, and it it, it goes a little bit understated there, but. It is about the celebration and the experience of just going to not just a game, but a basketball, uh, I guess, uh, just just almost nirvana. Sort yes, of Gerald. I, yeah, I, I was thinking of experience. But yeah, you could you could uh, interchange nirvana in there. I mean, he was he was an innovator in live entertainment in sports the, before before Dr. Butts really took hold and got his teeth into live entertainment before then there'd be you know a few gimmicky halftime shows or a live performer here and there but for the most part it was just kind of like uh you know hot dog and peanut vendors and uh t-shirt salesmen basically there wasn't any live entertainment and dr bus was able to exponentially proliferate uh live entertainment he had he created the concept of the Laker girls. Um, he wanted live music. Um, he just, he was, as we saw in Showtime, he was basically obsessive compulsive about making sure that every small detail was to his liking. But also it's about the experience itself, about, you know, the, the advent of Laker girls where, for the NFL, it was like, okay, it was NFL cheerleaders, college cheerleaders. And because of his background working in, you know, and obviously growing up uh, being a USC Trojan, seeing how famous the USC cheerleaders were, he, uh, you know, he wanted that type of environment, uh, bringing, you know, the USC band involved as far as the Laker games as well. But obviously the Laker girls are one of his, his strongest, uh, I guess, uh, remnants as far as what they brought in and what, as far as, spicing up the NBA, but also the Forum Club as well. Tell us your th thoughts about, you know, that part of it, that part of the package and the entertainment that he wanted to bring to the fans. Yeah, you know, Gerald, that's, that's you know, uh, it, it, it really isn't seen today much. Like, like uh, mostly, it's, uh, mostly in Europe, there's a few, there's a couple, couple towns that have something like that, but it's just a little wrinkle that gives fans um you know something something more to to love about uh the individual who who owns your sports team and you know who is just uh you know wants to give back and be a huge supporter of the community that particular club my goodness i'm I, i'm trying there's a book there was actually a book written about it specifically oh, i'm sure trying, there's been more than one book yeah, written about one it. really good one I'm trying to re remember who is the author uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Well, you know, I have Jeff alive. Perlman who covered that as well. Oh, the, the preface for so yeah, okay. If if you wanna, if anybody uh, cues uh, Showtime right now in uh, Amazon or wherever you buy your books, yes, please pick up Jeff's book. It's it's a dynamite read. Yeah, it is the it is the basis for Winning Time, and it doesn't go into the dramatization of all. It just tells you straight out. What Jerry Buss did, the, the the different things that he was doing as opposed to the rest of the NBA, how the NBA was constantly questioning him on some of his tactics going forward, but also not on the entertainment end. I want to go ahead and stress that not only was an innovator there, but 
The fact is he chose to go ahead and, uh, you know, it all fell into place from him getting uh, the ability to go ahead and draft first in that first draft that he had, but also, you know, trying to work with Jerry West, even though they always had a kind of a back and forth relationship, but to still work together to try and build a championship roster. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Gerald. I mean, those, those first six months must have been just a complete rush of adrenaline from getting the number one pick to being convinced that, you know, magic's the guy to take to the, the team and uh, the sale being up in the air to your coach resigning on, Oh my goodness. Uh, that's a whole lot of uh, matzo balls there that Dr. Bus had to juggle and somehow he managed to just, Oh my goodness. That that's, that's a lot. And, you know, the foxhole that he was in, I mean, it, it, like you like the old thing goes, Gerald, there's no atheist in foxhole. So Dr. Butts just had a vision. He believed in it. And through all the, uh, through all the trenches and, and the ditches, he managed to uh, slide his way out and come out clean the other side. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get you the Here's cell phone version yeah. that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, <laughs> shell shaky has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're climbing their seat with the popcorn already in hand. You oh, know, come on, that, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean, like with a mono I, sound. There you go. Oh God. Yeah. That's, that's the worst part. You only get sound in the left ear, yep. not the right ear. <laughs> Something like that. You can find that version already. If you really want it. That's the pop culture Cosmo show. And the PCC multiverse. Catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week. And wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Welcome to Lakers fast break university. It is Lakers history. One one. We are discussing the life and legacy of Dr. Jerry Buss, who passed away 10 years ago this past weekend. What kind of legacy did he fill? What kind of legacy did he leave to everyone out there in Lakers land about what kind of, you could just see in the comments that we have in the world's best Lakers chat, just how much love and support there is for him. One of the things though, that he did was just, you know, his emphasis on when to intercede and impose his will as an owner and when to go ahead and let the, I don't say the experts per se, let the basketball knowledgeable people work into play. So your thoughts on how he was able to go ahead and and delicately balance that out. Because when you have these owners out there, a lot of them, especially back in the 80s, very egotistical. It's my way or the highway. Yet you saw the most successful franchises from that era always put their faith in the right people and then were able to make the gut decisions to get them what they needed to, to win a title. A hundred percent Gerald. And, and it goes from, you know, basically all the four major sports in the eighties. If you look at the, all the franchises that uh, were dominant during that era, they all had the same basically core group for about uh, seven to 10 years and they all had the same front office for around the same time. So yeah, it was in the in a chaotic environment. Somehow, Doctor Bus was enabled to initialize stability, like you said, where he needed to intercede into it. I, I think being, you know, being a chemist, being somebody who's obviously very very perceptive, very strategic. You know, it helps to you know, know when to make a move and when to fold. And, you know, throughout the years, he's been able to to do it marvelously, whether it was through players. Like, for example, the Lakers really magic went to the front office and said that the Lakers really needed shooting. So Jerry West and 
Dr. Bus went to dinner with Magic one night and they said, we can get a shooter for you, but it means that, you know, you'd have to restructure a bit of your contract next year. He said, fine, I'll do it. And the player was Terry Teagle. Now, unfortunately, it didn't work out as it normally does with all shooters who come to Los Angeles jail, but Terry Teagle was a good pickup at the time. He was a good shooter until he came to the Lakers. I remember um, when he uh, played for the Golden State Warriors and he uh, really did a number on the Lakers. Yes, absolutely. But that's just one example. And obviously the most famous one is, it, you know, uh, picking Kobe over Shaq. He, yeah. he that it, it came right down to it, right, Gerald? Um, yes. I think, I think that story is where, where the truth comes out because, uh, Shaquille and Dr. Boss and Kobe and Mitch Kupchak and Jim Boss all basically said the same thing that Shaq wanted 30 million. Dr. Boss is only willing to pay him 20. Kobe was the young buck coming up who, who was going to get the big payout. So uh, Shaq and Dr. Boss decided that the best interest of both parties from a business perspective is separate. And, you know, Gerald, he traded Shaq. Shaq won a championship. What he got net was Lamar Odom. And Lamar mm. Odom helped you win two championships. So there you go. Sometimes a, a bet on a Terry Tico doesn't work, but then you, you, throw all the, you throw all the chips in for Lamar Odom, and it pays off in the end. That it does. And uh, what I want to ask you now is uh, when it comes to what we're seeing with the, with how he he conducted a lot of his, his business, and once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Thanks so much for joining us. Is he played a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, scenarios out similar to what he pl- would do maybe playing on the poker tables, the high-stake poker tables, as far as uh, whether or not somebody else would bluff and I think that's how he approached a lot of the things that he did in life, especially the major decisions for the Los Angeles Lakers. Tell me your thoughts on how he approached maybe some certain decisions that were made, certain certain uh, trades that were, were contemplated back and forth. And ultimately, like you said, when it comes to Kobe and Shaq, how he decided to ultimately choose for Kobe Bryant. Yeah, you know, it, it, you, you, you hit the, the nail right on the head, Gerald. It's... Um... His uh, his obsession with the the game Monopoly and his obsession with uh, poker speaks to you know very very patient very persistent mm-hmm. and you work out all the permutations in your mind about all the different scenarios you know um, fifty two cards in a deck there's four of us left I have this many cards uh, there's only this many scenarios that can like he, he was always thinking about three or four steps ahead, Gerald. It was mm. it was astounding. It really was whether or not he was negotiating with uh, Magic, whether or not he was uh, trying to convince Pat Riley to stay, whether he was, like you said, with uh, the, the Kobe and Shaq scenario. I mean, you know, uh, like you said, Gerald, a lot of, a lot of these guys, they have egos. And when yeah. when Shaq basically said, pay me, I, nobody would have nobody would have uh, batted an eye if Dr. Buss, you know, had him traded the, the you know, that afternoon or the very next day. But yeah. he he uh, he held his powder as he normally does. You know, that, that was one thing about Dr. Buss is you could always count on a cool head. He wasn't very temperamental. He was able to hold his powder, hold his tongue, and um, stroke an uncanny ability to allow his people to strike when the iron's hot. Yes, uncanny, uncanny. Um, you know the Michael Thompson deal. So Michael Michael Thompson wasn't originally supposed to go to the Lakers. Yes, Antonio would would have rather have them play in the East. And that was a very persuasive argument that the Lakers made. And somehow, some way that trade happened. Now, 
What's interesting, Gerald, is that <laughs> since that day, the San Antonio Spurs have decided they're never probably going to ever trade with the Lakers again. I'm sure there have been small transactions here or there. I doubt it, though. I, I have a pretty good memory. I, I don't think so, but um, that was the last time. And, you know, but Dr. Buss m- made it a point, you know, if 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 I'm going to get scarred here over time because of this, then it's got to pay off. It's got to be move. I think it's going to pay off. So, my goodness, he, he got Michael Thompson. He was able to secure Pau Gasol. He managed to get something for Shaq. He unloaded Bynum for Howard and while that didn't work out and unfortunately in the last year of his life that's what we we put on the floor for him which was kind of a sour note but um the legacy behind man is just incredible it's incredible it's so it's so full of depth and juice as far as NBA history is concerned again like there are really Four people responsible for why the NBA survived. One is Dr. Buss. One is David Stern. One is Patrick Johnson. The other is Larry Bird. I don't think if those four guys aren't don't uh, have a confluence together, like you know, uh, sticks, you know, on, in a river, Gerald. It was somehow kismet that all four of them came together because, you know. All four of them together created this synergy, and the NBA just mm-hmm. blasted into another realm. I mean, I just read earlier that um, the NBA is top ten in Instagram, so that's that's how far it's come from then. When and Dr. he helped facilitate that. His and he really did. He really yeah, did. Because you got to remember, at the time that he purchased the Lakers, with help from certain individual again that owned the Clippers at that time, which we won't go into too much detail on at the time he did remember the league itself was financially not in great shape. The product itself was not actually shown live Mm -hmm. for the most part. Most games were, you know, as far as the national games were shown on tape delay after the late night local news if everybody remembers the stories out there as far as the when the Lakers won their first championship after Dr. Bus, you know, that famous Philadelphia game six that, you know, magic completely took over and everybody was so excited to go ahead and, and find out what was going on. I remember staying up at late as a kid, as a 10, 11 year old kid. And, you know, oh, my gosh, the, the local news came on first. And the sports uh, guy said, well, if you don't want to know the score, turn your head. So I turned my head, but (laughs) you can't even celebrate the Lakers winning a world championship because it was on tape delay. So we had to find out afterwards. So I stayed up to one o'clock in the morning to find out if the Lakers won the world championship. So he was able to facilitate an energizing, entertaining style that created an all new way of the NBA creating a new kind of revenue. He helped revolutionize that, putting the product forward and bring it more to a larger scope of an audience. Yes, Cheryl, absolutely. Like as close to, you know, as close to a three-dimensional product as possible in 2D, I think was ultimately his goal to be as visually, as visually gripping as possible like bright lights loud music and and obviously he he did it with a lot um there was a comment earlier he did it with a lot of class that is very true that's that's a five letter word let me ask you this though you know it's been brought up by one of our students because one of our students raised their hand and asked a question to you professor here at lakers fast break university of lakers history 101 Wanted to ask you this uh, in honor of a student, one of our star students, Blue Magic. He expressed uh, a question that, that, you know, about that Shaq Kobe scenario that pitted Shaq and Kobe against themselves and almost, you know, it, it put Dr. Jerry Buss smack dab in the middle of all this. 
and he had to make ultimately the decision, which we know was Kobe. Would we have both have uh, traded Shaq away? Would we have seen the signs of Shaq's deterioration? Because, uh, you know, that last year with the Lakers, he was still wasn't showing many signs of deterioration as of yet. Ultimately, it chose to be the right decision by Dr. Jerry Buss. But what would you have done between Kobe and Shaq? Oh wow, Joe! I'm showing. Yeah, the... We're going in a little bit of uh, theory here, as far as yes, this... yes, yes. Uh, ultimately, I think that I would have tried to play it out as long as possible. I know Kobe, Kobe's contract was coming up, so that was obviously a logical variable into what Doctor Bus was thinking, what the Lakers were thinking. Uh, having said that, you know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be a, a wallflower on this question, Blue. Uh, Professor Grice would have. I would have traded Shaq. I. I would have. I. Um, I would have said, you know, something. I understand he wants that money because right now he still deserves it and he's still playing like it. So, I can't give him what he wants. So. I'm going to try and find a solution that get him gets him what he wants and gets me something I need. So, you know, maybe Dr. Buss didn't, you know, wasn't, wasn't really focused on what was in front of him. He was kind of looking at the forest for the trees and he saw, um, Hey Joe. And he saw, uh, he saw a future, uh, with Kobe that included Lamar Odom because he had skill sets that complemented Kobe's game. Whereas Shaq, man, he still had a high, he still had a pretty fair high usage rate at that point, And he wanted the ball a lot. So um, it, it was just a difficult decision to make. It's, it's almost, it was a damned if you do damned if you don't situation at the time. But I think he, he made the right call. I would have done the same thing. He made the right call more times than not, which is one of the reasons why he's revered as one of the greatest sports owners of all time. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It was Professor Joe Sor, unfortunately, having some issues there, although I love that reference, Sovereign. Uh, I do like the original faculty. I know that's a uh, guilty pleasure because it's not exactly the best of movies, but... It is actually a, a pretty uh, fun movie to watch if you get a chance. The original Faculty. We won't talk mm -hmm. about the sequel and whatnot because that was a made-for-video sequel. But it is our remembering of, of course, the great late Dr. Jerry Buss. Professor Magic Man, uh, you know, when it comes to the decisions he made, obviously, like I said, he is the one of the greatest of all time because – more times than not, he made decisions that affected the Lakers' future in such a positive fashion. I want to go ahead before we head on out. It's still got about a you know quite a bit of time left. Uh, I don't want to go into the battle in detail of the Bus family because that is a Lakers history lesson in and of itself mm -hmm. for another day. That is an hour of itself. <laughs> yes, and I I do know that Joe Professor Joe Soro would love to be here for that, but. The 10 years since Dr. Jerry Buss has passed away, you, we all know that he was trying to get his, his children more involved, more active in, in the Lakers community, especially his sons. Uh, we all know Jeannie had been behind the scenes working at various departments in regards to marketing and, and advertising and, and a lot of other things in relation to the actual Lakers products itself and didn't work much on the team side of things. He wanted his sons to lean more that and handed over the reins to them. Uh, tell me your thoughts when he passed away as far as were you concerned about the future and where it was headed with the Los Angeles Lakers? Uh, I, you know, Gerald, at the time, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the patriarch of this dynasty is now gone. Um, the... The uh, matriarch, uh, if you will, Jeannie Buss, takes the crown. At that point, you know, it turns out that uh, a lot of the children were satisfied in the positions they were in. Johnny, Johnny liked um, being the playboy. Um, didn't 
didn't like a whole lot of responsibility with running any aspect of the ball club, whether it was through, uh, you know, business or um, basketball operations. Um, Joey and Jesse were still teenagers when Dr. Bust died, Gerald. So um, obviously that hit them differently than it would the, the adult children. So they weren't even in the picture then as far as discussions about basketball decisions. And, and then obviously Jamie and uh, was involved in the, the charitable foundation. So she was happy uh, doing that. And then obviously what's left is Jim and, you know, Jim and Mitch ended up running the Lakers. And I have to admit at the time, I wasn't too, I didn't have confidence in, in Jim did you did you think yeah we we all we were seeing the signs that he was not going to be another Dr. Jerry Buss, but did you think that you were going to have so many years of futility afterwards? No, I did not, sir. You no. thought it's just because the Lakers, like all yeah. of us do, it's the Lakers. We're gonna get the pieces that we need and we're gonna have at least a a a good team, a competitive team in the not too distant future. Absolutely. And, and we, 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 we were deluding ourselves thinking that, you know, somehow because, um, you know, Dr. Buss was gone, that somehow there would still be that, um, that touch of stability in a chaotic environment and that didn't exist. And, you know, there, the incompetence just uh, blew, blew up in everyone's face. And, we've gone from one uh, regime to the next one. Now, this second phase has been a little bit more successful, but in the five years that this regime has been in charge, missed the playoffs, missed the playoffs, championship, play-in, successful, round one defeat, missed the playoffs, and now the sixth season. So in 10 years, Gerald, Jeannie Bus has two playoff well, this appearances. It's not just Jeannie. Let's not, let's not all put yeah. this on these years on Jeannie. I know we've been hard on Jeannie. On and Rob Palenka. And, but not just Rob Palenka. I mean, before that, it was still the Mitch Kupchak regime, the yeah. tail end of the Mitch Kupchak regime. It's still Jim Bus for quite a few of those years yeah, early absolutely. on. So oh, let's, absolutely. Yeah, let's yes. not so, let's not put all this all. Idea, and I want to go ahead and make sure that we're not putting this all on no, um, Genie and Rob because if you look at the Genie and Rob tenure together, it doesn't look as bad because you talk about what uh, how long he's been been GM five seasons now going yeah. on. So that uh, six, yeah, twenty eighteen. Okay, okay yeah. so six seasons now. You're twenty eighteen. Was that yeah. five seasons? Okay, yeah. it's not five seasons. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Okay, if that's the case, then you're talking about it looks a little bit better. But overall, again, and a Tears of Joy, really, uh, uh, thank you, Devotion, by the way. Uh, tears of Joy. Comment Devotion. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, devotion likes my office, and Tears of Joy says your sofa looks comfy. But Tears of Joy brought up some <laughs> good points. Would they, would, you know, that's the debate going back and forth because it's been 10 years since his passing. And it's 10 years, 10 seasons, two playoff runs and a championship. But because of that championship, people are willing to take a pass for the entire decade since his death. You talk to certain people and they evaluate the performance differently based off that bubble championship or that championship period. I don't want to call it a bubble championship. Yes, it wasn't a bubble, but you know what? It's still... A championship and it counts every mm -hmm. bit the same as all the others but i want to say this that you know i have been particularly hard because i am in the numbers ratio and i see only 20 percent of the year season or the seasons the lakers have been successful enough to even be a playoff team let alone a championship team so i would probably deem it not a success but because we won that one championship people are willing to go ahead and let that 10 year slide your thoughts on this, my friend, theorize mm. to me if I'm wrong or am I right? Or if everybody's right on how they evaluate the tenure of the buses after Dr. Jerry Buss's party. That's a very, that's a very in-depth question, Gerald. Definitely a lot of meat on the bone with that one. Um, 
I have to be honest. I'm going to lean more towards uh, Dean Glassford's opinion. Mm-hmm. I think the like Gerald was like Gerald was saying the ineptitude. Because somebody and, will say on the opposite side, what if the Lakers had made seven playoff runs out of ten years, but had no championships? So that's throwing it another way. I would deem that to me more successful than than the only two playoff runs. I I would too because I would if if that were the case, I would presume that the Lakers got to at least one or two Western Conference Finals. So I would I would surmise that as well. Yeah, so I mean you're pretty close. You you you're not quite there yet maybe, but you're you're close. So fair enough, but it just I would agree with the Dean Glassford in that case too. A seven out of ten seasons in the playoffs, a couple of uh, Final Four appearances. I think that's more a little bit more successful than what Genie's. Well, you would you would here. be perceived as a quality organization since his passing if you'd achieve that level of success as far as the number of playoffs runs. When it comes to the Lakers now and how they're perceived. I think it's a very different story because of the fact that we've only won one, whether we've won one title, but we've only managed to reach the playoffs twice in that decade. So it's a, it's a kind of, uh, you know, uh, just a difference of opinion, how people perceive it because of that championship. But for me, again, it's how people are perceiving us, not just Lakers fans, but NBA analysts and, and other NBA fans, how they perceive us now, as opposed to what they did 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Somehow the um, somehow the um, the the frankincense uh, and myrrh has worn off, so to speak, for for the franchise. Still respectable, you know, Gerald. It, again, like you were saying, whether it's through uh, NBA analysis, um, reading the tea leaves, you know, in other cities. Uh, and other fan bases and you know we've heard you know different stories about well free agents come to the lakers and they see the they saw the facilities before it was upgraded in el segundo and they weren't impressed and uh you know sometimes gerald when when you know these free agents uh go on a visit they you know they love they want the dog and pony show right they want to be they want to be wined and dined and they want to be uh, persuaded. And, you know, it, it just, it, for some reason, it just, whatever, whatever happened, there wasn't that panache that the Lakers had, that they had in the eighties. And, you know, we remember the, unfortunately the disastrous LaMarcus Aldridge pitch that, uh, that he actually, he, he pitied us. And came back for a second one. Kevin um, Durant, uh, you know, had, had didn't even have the family. Lakers on his list, yeah. even though even though we're a legacy franchise. Absolutely, Gerald. Um, I'll always I'll I'll always just tinge KD's legacy with you know, hey man, you could you should have just at least put put the Lakers on there just from a respect and. Um, an homage point of view, even if you weren't looking to really go to them, that's neither here nor there. But it 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 emphasizes, you know, what what um, Dean Glassford and myself are saying that, you know, so they um, the roses don't look as beautiful as they once did in the Garden of the Lakers. Instability, incompetence. As we, you know, me and Gerald have said, you know, narcissism runs deep with the, the bus family and and their inner circle, and um, that's also led to, you know, a lot of the success that they've had with that championship. But it also has yeah, led the, to the nepotism that we talk about so much uh, in a uh, demeaning fashion now was something that the Lakers, with the bottled in as far as okay, you're you're part of the Lakers family. You're going to stay with us. You know, obviously that worked for many decades. This organization has been slow to change from that. And I can understand why, because it was what they built their back on for so many decades, led by Dr. Jerry Buss and how he he led the organization. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I just, I just want to say this, Gerald, and, and get it out there and, you know, it might not mean much, but I, I, I think it would coming from, from Lakers fast break and from one of the best Lakers podcasts out there is that, you know, the Lakers, the Lakers and Jerry West need to make amends and, 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 forgive one another. I know Jerry West is um, very upset with uh, the way the organization has um, treated uh, him and his family. And, you know, if the the Lakers family themselves have some ill will towards uh, Mr. West, I I think it's all petty, Gerald. I really do. I, you know, in his autobiography, Jerry West did call the Lakers his family. He said, the Lakers are my family, and I think it's only right that uh, the Lakers try and make things right with uh, Jerry West before uh, it's too late. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break, the Lakers Fast Break University, Lakers History 101. We're closing up our class here in a few minutes, but before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and mention as far as the the legacy and remind people one more time about Dr. Jerry Buss. Adam, in our chat, he said he he really didn't know uh, as much as he 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 wanted to about Dr. Jerry Buss because he's younger. He's he's a recent fan. He's He's someone that has picked up as far as in years since his passing. And if you were to go ahead and talk about Dr. Jerry Buss, probably the best way to go ahead and tell Adam or someone that isn't uh, as knowledgeable about Dr. Jerry Buss and what he did during the course of his life and how he helped get the level to where we are at now as far as the Lakers and the 17 World Championships and many of them which he was a part of. Describe to our class out there about how important his role is in NBA history and the, some of the things that you think people should know most about Dr. Jerry Buss. I think the best way to try and illustrate just how important Dr. Buss is to not only the, the Lakers, but also the health of the NBA is if you looked at a quilt, the very first thread that was ever put in that quilt if the NBA were a quilt, that very that very first thread would be Jerry Buss, because at that point the NBA was only hanging on by a thread. They were on life support. They were about to go bankrupt. They had problems selling tickets, merch. They didn't have a distribution deal. They had trouble with financing. They didn't have a real good national TV product. No, they didn't, Gerald. Overall, the product was not good either. So you're talking about a smorgasbord of problems for an organization trying to get a foothold on just breaking even. And Dr. Buss came in, bought the Lakers, told David Stern he would change the league. Basically, from that conversation on, here's all you need to know about what David... When Dr. Buss told David Stern that the Lakers would change the NBA, Stern basically, like in the show, he kind of kind of nodded, you know, waved him off. Yeah, okay, you know, just another rich guy trying to trying to blow smoke. Years later, about two decades later, David Stern is asked, So, Commissioner Stern, what would your dream finals be? And his answer. Lakers versus Lakers. That's all you need to know about Dr. Buss. If, if his legacy is, is one quote, it's David Stern's 
uh, ideal championship, Lakers versus Lakers. And it, to me, it just speaks to the what happened as far as the belief in, in what he could do and the things that he did to make it happen as far as that Showtime era. Because he had to go ahead and agree to a lot of things as far as the transactions, how the Lakers were, were going to go ahead with with acquiring the talent necessary to go ahead and build upon the, the rock that they already had with Kareem. And then, of course, adding on Magic Johnson in the draft. And obviously, the what he saw first and foremost with Magic Johnson was a key to ultimately what the Showtime era was all about. Absolutely, Gerald, 100%. And, oh, my goodness, if you look... If you look back at all the NBA finals that Dr. Buss participated in as owner and his teams lost, he had to deal with a significant injury in each and every one of them. James Worthy broke his leg, so he wasn't available for the Sixers. Both Magic and Byron blew up quads. Carl Malone missed a significant part of that finals you know, you could go on and on and on. There were so many, so many obstacles put in front of Dr. Bus, even as his team got to the finals. And somehow, some way, he just kept fighting back. He just, after he got that first one, Gerald, he just wanted more and more and more. And my goodness, you, you know, getting five in your first nine years as a sports owner is just, it's unheard of. That will never be accomplished again. The fury. And finesse in which, you know, he became a champion uh, was just incredible. And, and you know, a, again, that's greatness for us, right? That's greatness for us. But that's secondary to what he means to the NBA and the history of the game. It's just a tapestry of a man who, who changed his sport. Absolutely. He changed the sport. He wasn't really successful in many of the other sports, the, you know, obviously the team tennis concept and, but my God, the indoor soccer or anything like that. But my God, was he, he really, really able to go ahead and connect with an audience, with a demographic, with a fan base, like he did with the Lakers. Oh, a hundred percent, Gerald. I will say this, give him credit. He did, he did sell the Kings to Bruce McNall and, and he, he, that product was pretty good. And that one of Bruce McNall's biggest deals was acquiring Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, I think that was also the best for him because the Kings were a middling franchise under his direction. It was clear that the, obviously the priority was getting the Lakers, you know, up to snuff. Yes. And obviously that became the, the case and he was never really put full attention on all the other sports ventures that he had being run out of the forum. So I, I, I agree with you. Selling the Kings to Bruce McDonald was, was in, in his best interest. But to getting back to the Lakers in our final minutes here before we end class for today, just what do you think should be the legacy that Dr. Jerry Buss leaves behind? I think Dr. Buss has two legacies. Mm-hmm. He has a legacy towards the sport. The second is to his own club, the Lakers. As far as history is concerned, Dr. Buss is a revolutionary and he's also a maverick. And that that makes that makes him apart from any other owner because when you change the game and yet at the same time you're willing to go against the grain, even if you did change it, that makes you not a genius. I'm not calling him a genius, but what I'm saying is he. he I think he was savvy, savvy, very savvy, savvy. Not just on on you know the the decisions that were made on encore products, but savvy on what the fans were ultimately looking for in an entertainment package off the court. And I think he was probably best way to say that he is savvy, and he approached a lot of things like I mentioned earlier in the class, like how he probably approached and what I've been told he approached the way he played poker and the way he, he calculated things out. And, and when you get someone that, that sees all the probabilities basing off of his, his chemistry background and, and the real estate background, he looking at all the possibilities and surveying the landscape of how and what was needed for the NBA at that time, 
I think he was able to pull many of the right strings because of being just so savvy in what he thought the fans would appreciate and enjoy. Oh, absolutely, Gerald. I, I mean, today, you know, if you went to an NBA arena, you'd likely need a smartphone because, you know, the, the participation level, uh, you know, with the social media teams and their fans now is just exponentially astounding, really. I, I mean, from, from either from your couch or from uh, the seat in the two, 200s. You know, and Dr. Butts was a spark for that, for precipitating that kind of interaction. It wouldn't have existed without him. He he put that idea out there, and now it's grown to the heights that it has. And again, you know, Gerald, the Forum Club, how that spawned, you know, different clubs in the NBA, and then it spawned different clubs in hockey, and, and it proliferated. Hate to use a cliche, but it's it's a touch of magic. But it just seemed like he had a touch of magic, and whatever he whatever he he, he managed to get his his Midas touch on. His legacy is one of joy. He provided joy, uh, hours and hours of joy. As far as a fan is concerned, you know, a legacy of winning. Uh, I I think that's more more predominant as far as we're concerned as. Lakers fans is that he inspired winning. That's all he cared about was winning. It didn't matter how, why, when, where, who's hurt. It's just about winning. Once again, it's Lakers Fast Break University with Lakers History 101. We are celebrating and remembering the life of Dr. Jerry Buss 10 years after his passing this past Saturday. Want to thank so much for everybody for attending class today. Truly appreciate it. If you have any questions for the professor and also the professor who tried to blink in and out but is having computer issues at this point in time, it is the Lakers Fast Break anywhere you get your social media or Lakers Fast Break at yahoo.com. You can go ahead and contact us. We're always going ahead and going to answer questions from you. We truly appreciate it. Yes, but I will tell you so much that we appreciate everyone sticking around for the entire class. You all get A's in our book for attending class today, so that helps your grade out immensely. We have not decided yet on a curriculum for our next Lakers History 101. Hopefully we can get Professor Joe Soro to provide us some input on that before we do. But for the rest of the week, we're looking forward to doing some great things, including, I'm hoping tomorrow, trying to negotiate uh, our Tuesday for a Lakers quiz. Laker Tom, unfortunately, is not going to be able to make it this time around. Uh, he's going to be able to make it later in the week. But for Tuesday, I have rescheduled for a Lakers quiz show. So hopefully we can go ahead and schedule that for Tuesday. And then Wednesday, it's NBA observations and a preview of the final 23-game outlook that we'll go ahead and do. Maybe I'll sneak in a late-night Lakers talk with Jamie Sweet, Yami Sweet. He's uh, asked me to go ahead and see if I can become available for that. And then this week as well, it is the debut of Magic Man in the Morning. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And again, if you have any questions for us, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com or Lakers Fast Break, wherever you get your social media, or right there in the comments right there for you if you're watching this on a replay right here on YouTube. If you haven't liked and subscribed today, please go ahead and like and subscribe already to what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. It truly helps us out and also gives you the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with another Lakers Fast Break. So we're looking to do that. We're looking to get some Lakers stuff out there for you because we know you need the Lakers. We know uh, that it is, you know the season can't start again too, all too soon for you. We know that All-Star Break is already done for you, even though the players are still probably vacationing wherever they are. <laughs> but we're looking to go ahead and continue the great things here at Lakers Fast Break. But for now, it's Professor Sean Grice, the magic man. And for me, Dean Gerald Glassford, we want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to go ahead and attend class today. If you have any questions, always, please, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. But we will see you Tuesday, Wednesday. And also the rest of the week when the Lakers and the rest of the NBA get back up to scale. We got plenty of stuff in store for you. But for now, for Professor Sean Grice and for me, Dean Gerald Glassford, I will say to you now, class is now. 
business.